0: Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another edition of the HNK video game experience with Clearfire. Yes, this is Clearfire actually doing the intro this time. Kind of odd. Actually, Hollywood is somewhere squirreled away. The Air Force has skirted them away from us again. We're just so mad that they do that in the important times like this, especially with what's going on and what we're doing in this podcast. But I do have the next best thing. My good buddy Swinging Thunder. He's right below me. Swinging, what's up?
1: What's up, Clear? Glad to be here, man.
0: And it's funny that I say right below me because, you know, we do our video chats to record this and it stacked my video on top of his. Usually the other person's on top of me. So he's down below me this time.
1: It's side by side for me, but we're good.
0: (laughs) Um, I have to pop it out of Discord because I can't stand it being inside Discord because I can't manipulate it when I need to. Gotcha. But tonight we're going to continue our talk. On the Star Wars series Ahsoka. And the last time we talked, we covered episodes one and two. A lot of fun stuff. We went super deep. We went down several different rabbit holes. And that's what happens when you get two Star Wars geeks together that have a lot of knowledge in different areas because they can ping, we ping off each other and all of that. And we don't have Hollywood out here to kind of balance us this, this time. But you know what? It's time to get deep. Let's do it. And not and not get and not have any slowdowns. But we will try to keep it to where everybody can understand it and gather it because we do want to reference things. I mean, to me, and just for a quick pass on this, to me, three and four was one episode. The way that it happened, the way that it progressed, it just felt like one episode because it, it, it just is. And we'll get into that structure later. And then you got episode five. It just amazing. Like I was just, I mean, I, I dropped a, 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 a obscenity in our chat. <laughs> yes, you did. Referencing, re- referencing kind of the old school '60s Batman stuff, when they would go like, "Holy whatever, Batman," or just silly stuff like that. I said, "Holy something, Anakin."
1: And I agree with what you're saying about three and four. Um, I mean, they were shorter than I think a lot of fans were hoping for. And like I said, you said you're going to explain the format um, they've decided from your perspective. But. uh, I know a lot of people loved the last episode of Mandalorian season two. I think a lot of people would say that that last 10, 15 minutes were incredible. Being such a huge Ahsoka fan, I felt that way about episodes four and five. I thought they were as good, if not better, from my point of view. But I can understand where other people would find that a little bit more as their favorite than the ones. But I would think any Star Wars fan would have found enjoyment over the last couple of episodes. And how this, the series might have started off slow for some, but I would like to say it's definitely ramping up in intensity episode to episode.
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's Ahsoka. The series has to introduce Ahsoka it has to introduce some of the other key figures. And that's what happened in in episode one and two. And they did a great job of that. They didn't go into super deep detail, left certain parts, miss a mystery, but yet tied it in. So you understood who's who you understand that. Ahsoka and, um, Elspeth has already fought. This is something that happened, you know, in Mandalorian. So, you know, this is in the past because, She's been captured and she's been taking off, you know, supposed to go to prison. But, of course, we didn't know that didn't happen. So you get those line up there. And that's that's really great because now you kind of get a feeling of where the Rebels TV series actually ended and fell in place with this as well, because you get that kind of right there. It's been, well, was it a year anniversary is what he's saying uh, in that presentation on the first episode?
1: So I'm trying to remember, uh, I do know that at least time, fr- time frame wise right now, we are f- four to five years removed from Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So, yeah, that sounds about right. You know, it's been about a year since, you know, Lothal has been liberated and et cetera, et cetera. So that sounds about right.
0: So, well, and
1: it, it just, I'm sorry,
0: my brain just totally just went on so many different tangents all at one time. And I can't just gather my thoughts there. Um,
1: well, if you don't mind, then let me, let me see. There's a couple of little wonky things, maybe little Easter eggs that just in general, I would like to point out before maybe we dig into, you know, maybe each episode or certain big parts. But uh, one thing I noticed before we did our last podcast on this, and I I thought nothing of it the very first time. So for those catching up, we did our last podcast as episode three was premiering. We were doing the podcast. We had seen the first two. And the third one was being broadcasted as we were doing the podcast. So we hadn't seen it yet. And I noticed in episode two, at the very, very beginning, they do the recap and then they do that little 20, 30 second like Marvel ripoff intro where they like flash over like dark, no, Darth Vader's mask, C-3PO, and it's like blue, red, blue, red, blue, red. Well, I noticed in that Mara, Maroc's um, mask was in blue and Sabine's was in red. And I thought, I, I was like, I just, oh, maybe I missaw that. It's in, happened in every single episode two, three, four, and five. In episode one, everything was red. But if you go back and look, Maroc's was blue and Sabine's was red. <clears throat> and so maybe we should address the last podcast really quickly. Uh, we were completely wrong on Maroc. Merrick, however you say his name, he wound up being uh not Ezra, not Starkiller, uh, Night Sister magic for the animated fans. Uh that's what that green spooky dust was that came out of uh the Inquisitor known as Merrick when Ahsoka struck him down. And that's a long story, but basically the Night Sisters have almost zombie-like magic that they can use. So without going 20 minutes into that, I mean, you can look that up yourselves, but that's basically my understanding of what we saw there. So we were wrong about that, but we were right about a couple of theories or some theories. We were very, very close on.
0: Pretty, pretty, yeah, uh, you definitely said pretty close on some of those. Um, the Merrick villain was kind of is kind of sad because it just felt like, wow, this is like a really awesome villain, and then just
1: poof. So oh, I think we'll get into this as we go through that, but like, so we we had a quick little ten minute talk before the podcast started, just catching up and everything. But um, I was stating that it's an interesting dynamic we have, and we do miss Hollywood, obviously. Uh, but with me and Clear here, because I am a huge animated fan, and I know that stuff very well. And Clear is a lot more lore savvy, just the overall universe. I once again. Clone Wars and Rebels, Clone Wars specifically, is what got me into Star Wars, what made me a fan, more than the movies did. Um, But I think Filoni, I think he's done a great job, but I'm seeing it from a different perspective than somebody who's a more movie Star Wars fan, or somebody who's just a more casual fan. So, the... When we get to the most recent episode, I thought he did a very, very good job. Now, up to that point, I thought it was a lot of fan service for the animated fans, and I kind of felt uh, you know, a little sad for the people who did not know that stuff, because there were so many Easter eggs being thrown out that I was like, man, I think Filoni's doing a great job for me, but I don't know if for the average Star Wars fan, is it too much? Is there too many little... Subtleties and layers, and so with the going back to that to tie that into Maroc, Merrick, however you pronounce his name, we already have to wait too many characters being introduced. So the fact that he was just a green, you know, thing of dust might have been the best thing. Okay, cool little character, you get to see him for a couple episodes, and now we're done. We got too many other things to unravel to bring in some other awesome, interesting thing that we don't have the time to elaborate on.
0: Oh yeah, oh absolutely, I agree with that. Um, and as far as the part where all the Easter eggs and everything, I don't think it's phasing the casual fans. I think it just goes over their head and they see it and it's like, okay, awesome because you're not getting anything that's giving a that hard detail of why it's there or what's there you know I mean you're catching like the fact that um Sabine's armor was a one for one copy, yeah, you know that's that's just something you're gonna catch the other people aren't going to see it they're just going to see. I mean,
1: a Mandalorian
0: Yeah, Yeah. Mandalorian Norman. That's it. And they're going to go on about it. You know, they're not going to think anything about the hair, you know, because like you said, Sabine's always changing her hair color. You know, the ma- main thing I noticed was you have that awesome. Artist rendering of the group from Rebels. Yes. Like on the wall. And I see Sabine with white hair there. And that's the thing I pick up is like, there's hair color change there. She's got different hair here. She's cut her hair and it's even different there. So I I, pick, I picked up on that. And it was like, casual fans aren't going to really grab some of that.
1: So I, I I can see your point there. And once again, because I'm so deep into the animated stuff, I'm catching all that stuff. And ma- like you said, I'm overthinking it. So let's, let's address that real quick. This is where it's fun. This is why we're having this podcast. The speculation Absolutely. and the theories and et cetera, and digging deep into it. Is really awesome. Uh, we obviously, and most of the extreme Star Wars nerds, went way overboard on the speculation of Merrick. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. That's what's awesome about it. That's why I love this I, I, format right now, I think. I haven't caught any of the, um,
0: I guess, disappointment from the different uh, forums yet, because I haven't seen any or caught any where they were disappointed about it being just, you know
1: i think that they magic dust i think the fans have been so happy that it's just kind of a oh kind of wish that was something different let's let's move on to the next um so let's let's do a quick recap if if that makes sense to you clear for three four and five because i think as we go through them we'll dig into it at three um i thought was good it's interesting to see sabine training right off the bat um Now, one of the crazy theories I heard, going back to what I said earlier about the red light on Sabine typically means dark side, blue meaning good. So I don't know why Merrick, Marex, however you pronounce his name, I don't know why his kept flashing blue. You can look at it on on all the previous intros. Sabine's is red. And so digging into that a little bit, but not too crazy, in the Rebel series, Kanan, I I apologize to all the Rebels fans. I kept saying Callan. I don't I was mixing up Caleb Doom and Kane, you know, can you know, Kanan Jarrus's name. I don't know why. I apologize. There's so many
0: names, though. There's so, so many, many names. names so.
1: so Kanan trained her a little bit with a Darksaber. And he he makes a he makes a comment of she's so Mandalorian, because Mandalorians are great warriors, but their minds are typically very closed off to the force. And that's why there's very few quote unquote Mandalorian Jedi throughout history. And so, um, I joked with Hollywood before those episodes came out, and I was like, Sabine's going to go to the dark side because they keep flashing her helmet in red during the intro. And then I went crazy with it, and I was like, Kylo Ren? Knights of Ren? The Sabine Ren start the Knights of Ren as a dark side user? And I said it jokingly. I've heard that theory. I don't think that's happening. But what I will say is if we ever see Sabine use the Force, I would not be surprised if it's from a more dark Point of view, a more dark side, anger emotions, pushing that because even Yoda says like way back, and I think Return of the Jedi or Empire Strikes Backs, so, you know, the dark side's not stronger; it's just a quicker route to power.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm sorry, it, that's kind of obvious to me. Yeah. Look how emotional she is at everything, you know. Whereas you have Ahsoka that. Think about it. Real calm and collected. The only time that she ever gets really amped up is during a fight. Even then, it's still a very composed anger. Sabine Wren's anger is very...
1: She's very emotional. Very chaotic. It's
0: emotional, chaotic. It's not focused. I could easily see her using dark powers to finally break into the Jedi side of things.
1: So, episode three, I mean, it was a great episode. I mean, considering what followed after it, though, I, I, this is the shortest recap for that. Some really cool stuff happened. You got to kind of see, the, I mean, if you want to get into dynamics, it's really interesting to see Ahsoka learning quickly as the master that she's going to have to adapt to Sabine and not the other way around to a certain mm-hmm. extent. And, you know, the, and obviously the super cool, like, let's have Ahsoka put on her spacesuit and do cartwheels and freaking use a lightsaber to take out a plane. Yeah, <laughs> it was
0: a little cheesy there. Um, it was the main thing I liked. I mean, I liked the training sequence there. Uh, Hu Yang basically straight up telling her again, You're, te- you're, you're, you're the worst. <laughs> you're the worst. You're terrible. And he's just always negative about it. But he's negative in a way that it's like, Is he really that negative? Or does he know exactly how to motivate her to become better? Because remember, Hu Yang's been around a long time.
1: Yes, five hundred plus years.
0: He's taught Padawans over and over how to build lightsabers, how to grow in the Force. He's he has this knowledge base that is immense, bigger than probably any other droid that you've seen. I mean, you could he you could even say he knows way more than even R two D two, and that people still have theories about R two D two knowing oh, yeah. way more than he should. So. So I agree. he's got this. And so I think it's kind of he's more motivating her and not really thinking that she's the worst.
1: No, I agree with you. Uh, He's in Clone Wars for one episode for sure. Uh, It's an interesting one. Basically, he's teaching young Padawans how to build lightsabers and they get attacked. And he's a lot more supportive. Now, granted, the Padawans were younger than Sabine. But yeah, I mean, it's not like he's just a snarky, you know, droid who's always that way. So I agree with you. I think it's very motivational. But, you know, once again, episode 3 was really good. I mean, I think it introduces yeah. people to the Purgle, which we did discuss in the podcast prior, but yep. you know, kind of explaining that. And you know, it's really a setup for episode 4. And now episode 4 was yeah. very interesting to me. Um it was quickly intense. Well, that's what it, it had this incredible tension throughout the entire um Episode and I, I I think sometimes and this is I do really wish we had Hollywood because of his background here because I mean like this is me as a somebody who's not an expert in this stuff but like how everything ties together from like a filmmaker's point of view so Mm -hmm. like you know not only the visuals but the music and and the composer has done an incredible job of like taking amazing taking those old themes that we know and sprinkling them in there but his own current music and just tying all of that in together. And then obviously the name of that episode was Fallen Jedi, which is hilarious for so many reasons. Obviously, you know. uh, But when you
0: see it, you just start thinking like when I saw the title of it, I'm like, oh, God, what's about to fix and happen? There's just so many ways they can go with that. What is going to happen?
1: The last time a title got me like that was when we were watching Mando and it says the tragedy. And you're just like, oh, yeah. yeah, You're like, oh, gosh, what's happening? So great. So, I mean, obviously, I think a lot of people could tie these parallels together. So fallen Jedi could mean multiple things or applies to multiple people. Um, so Ahsoka is a fallen Jedi in a one aspect, in the f- fact that, uh, once again, she was set up in Clone Wars and took the blame and was, like, asked to leave the Order and then discovered that she was set up and then she's, she walks away. Um I guess you could look at Balin as a fallen Jedi. Not that he did anything, get in trouble. We don't know much about it, but we know he was a Padawan. The way he trained Shen, he had to have... Mm -hmm. And he even says, you know, he knows Anakin. So he's he was from the Jedi Order.
0: Exactly. He's from the Jedi Order. He knows that. I mean, even Hu Yang knows him because he says, I've only met one person that's ever built a lightsaber hilt like that. Balin's Skull. And so he points it out. He knows it. Hu Yang
1: even knows him. And then obviously Ahsoka falling off a cliff is a fallen Jedi. But then, of course, we are talking about the ultimate fallen Jedi at the very end. Wait, wait, wait. No, oh, no, you're going oh. too
0: fast. You're going too fast. Don't My do that. Bad. Don't do that. You're too fast, too fast. <laughs> <laughs> because you just blew by like so many good things that are in episode four.
1: Well, I was going to come back Real to the quick. episode. I was just trying to tie in all the fallen Jedi references, but go, go for it. Yes, there is a lot we in the episode.
0: We don't, want, we don't want to spoil everything right off the bat. <laughs> but what I loved about the episode is you finally get to see, or you think you're going to get to see. Ahsoka and Sabine Ren are working together for a common goal and purpose. You know, and Hu Hu Yang's last words before they walk out of the ship is stay together. You always work better together.
1: Well, before we even get to that, so uh, Hu Yang's attacked. You have the killer droids and you have whatever the random guys were there that they sent to assassinate them. And you start seeing Ahsoka being a little bit more dark because she she force picks up the one guy. Sabine gets mm-hmm. a little bit of trouble. Straight takes him, kills him by putting him in front of the blaster throws him out of the way then sabine does her little grapple hook and as sabine's grapple hooking him sabine i mean ahsoka takes no time she just chops the dude and then we're done like there's no let's disarm him there's no super light dogmatic jedi like we got business let's handle it
0: but remember she's still got the gray robes
1: she still does have the gray robes yes correct That's going to be very
0: important, people. Remember that we talked about in the last episode about Ahsoka wearing gray. It's extremely important. It's an extremely large theme. And remember what we said it's a reference to. correct. Don't say it yet. I'm not. We'll say it when we get there, because it'll be a great, fun little thing to twist in there. So, just for that thing, because that's where I think that she's still that. Well, I want to get the gray Jedi that's. A little more
1: gray than white. Episode five, we're going to get very deep from a psychology standpoint, I think. But so, okay, we go there, then we have the battle. So, And I've heard this name on the internet, and I just thought it was hilarious. So instead of Shin Hati, it's Shin Hati, H-O-T-T-I-E, or Shin Batty is what I've heard. People have crushes on her. She's a very attractive girl, so it is what it is. She's an older actress who plays that, that, you know, an older actress plays. It's shocking how older she is from what she appears in the show.
0: But oh, uh, yeah, I know that. But I'm almost like, sorry, that's just not my, my cup of tea there. Well, she's just Shin. I don't yeah, see her as a hot. I don't
1: I don't see her <laughs> that way either, but I'm kind of an old man, so I'm not shocked at that. Um so basically, um, we have the one on one between Shin and Sabine, and then obviously we talked about Ahsoka and, and Maroc. And I don't I don't know if we need to dig into that. The the only thing with the Shin battle was she seemed to be giving a lot more effort this time. Not so much to, quote-unquote, kill uh, Sabine, but, like, there was more... She wasn't toying with her as she did in episode one. Yeah,
0: and that's what I wanted to point out is, in this fight, it's not anything like that first fight. There's not this cat-and-mouse kind of play going on. You see Shin actually really defending herself, putting in an effort. You see her, like, exerting herself... And you see Sabine actually stepping up in her skill. You see her actually putting forth that effort and going from there.
1: So, so an interesting thing from Rebels with that is uh, when Kanan is training her with a darksaber, she's just having super difficult time, quote unquote, learning the Jedi way of fighting. And so um, basically she starts using her Mandalorian ways. And Kanan gets on to her about it. Like, hey, you know, you guys lost the war between the Jedi and the Mandalorians. Your little tricks don't work on Jedi. And then Kanan had to step back as a mentor and go, okay, there might be a mix in here that would work best for her. And so at at the end of her training, if you will, it's a mix between the Mando and the Jedi way, which is what you see during that fight, you know, with the little... Uh, wrist guard thing that you know it's not whistling birds but whatever she shoots in her face and kind of stops the fight there but you know the the interesting thing is and i was gonna get your take on this is do you think she used a force there or do you think she attempted to use the force on shin and shin just naturally reflects you know a reflex to like react and then she turns around and she goes you have no power
0: i, I so i think that shin was surprised more so than anything because. She knew during that first fight that she had no power. No good padawan has ever walked into a fight and not known whether the other person has any power or not. I mean, it's it just it's. And I'm sorry, Shien is a good padawan. She yes. really is. She follows Balin's orders perfectly. She's learning from him. I mean, it, it's one of those great relationships. Oddly enough, it's a bad guy side, but it's still a great relationship. It's really tight. It's how the Jedi envisioned their Padawan master bonds should be. And so I think that she was surprised because Sabine actually has one grown in strength since just, you know, a yeah. little bit of time. Yeah. And I think that Sabine, because you, you hear it. So anytime somebody uses force, there's sound effects there and there's, whoosh. <sighs> yeah she when she goes and puts her hand out, she's on the ground, she puts her hand out that first time, you hear the whoosh hmm. and 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 Shin flinches just a little. I don't know if it's a defensive flinch or just a flinch. nonetheless. So, yeah. And then she goes, you have no power because it stops there because she doesn't have the power to fully control to, it. To fully, she fully has yeah. just has the power to call it, but Shen wasn't expecting that because when she fought her the first time, she had absolutely no
1: connection on the force. So that was an interesting fight. The Ahsoka Merrick fight was interesting because through the animated series, and I think even was it uh, Tales of the Jedi or Visions or mm-hmm. whatever Tales so, of the Jedi. A- anytime Ahsoka takes on Inquisitor, she beats them. She beats them quickly and she beats them thoroughly. So like seeing her take Merrick out very quickly, not surprising. Very cool to go through the spinning blades to do it, you know, and get that strike in. Which leads to, I think, for both of us, uh, the fight with Balin. So, once again, we both have talked about how we like Balin as a character, yeah. and um, love the contrasting fight style here. So, Balin is very like William Wallace Ooh, with God. a long. Hey. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say before you get there. So this is this is where like my whole like sword fighting yeah. stuff starts tingling, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we have medieval style fighter. Versus the feudal system, samurai, samurai, yes, fighter here, and you see it going on. Now, of course, she doesn't. Asoka doesn't stick to true, full samurai fighting because she uses both blades. Very rarely did a samurai ever use both blades. They normally only use the one blade, and they only other ever used the short blade for if they were either wounded in a way where they had to. Most of the time, they only ever use
1: that short blade during their suicides. And so, it was very interesting to watch that fight. I know you probably got a kick out of it. I think for me, oh. it's amazing the storytelling that is told through the fighting. You know, these choreographed fighting in any any show, movie, TV series, etc. Uh, obviously, like you said, you know, when we're going with the the huge, broad, long sword, you know, double-handed, you know, very powerful. I wouldn't say very Vader-like, but that's probably the closest comparison we can give Balin to anybody we've seen in a Star Wars. And I wouldn't even go that far because yeah, uh, Vader's very when he fights, he's very squared up. Vader is now he will do the double-handed on the hilt, but like he's very squared in from my point of view of protecting his life support, if you will. So when you see ba- in it, when you see Vader, he's very close, close here. Whereas you know Balin had a little bit of fluidity there with you know the. I mean, all things considered with his fighting style.
0: So Balin swings the saber like it's a two-ton. Yes, a hammer. hammer. I mean, (laughs) he really does, and it's not a heavy weapon, but he swings it like that. A lot of people have a problem with it because it's just lightsaber. No, like it's yeah. like, like, no, you don't understand when you pick up a fighting style, especially in a sword fighting style, no matter how heavy or light that weapon is, you know how to respect it to make it the its most efficient. And doing that style makes his attacks the most efficient. Same way for Ahsoka. She's fluid, but she's not fast. Samurai's were not these fast lightning fighters. They were fluid, continuous motion. They wanted to make if it was if it took. 10 cuts to kill somebody you were to make that in one fluid motion with the cuts and all back it it was a complete fluidity there and she has that and that's what makes it such a cool and interesting fight because you see such opposing styles that actually both fight slow and people have a problem with that because they're like it's lightsabers it needs to be fast i'm like not all lightsabers are fast and so incredible incredible fight very sorry i'll i can break that down i can break just that fight down for an hour
1: so, incredible fight, but I think the most interesting th- uh, my the interesting takeaway for me, and I had to go back and like, actually put subtitles on for this, is when they start talking, you know, so Balin kind of takes a little Emperor-style, like, dark side stab at her, like, oh, you know, Anakin, you know, this, do you feel guilty about that? Do you feel this? And then in the middle of the fight, he hits her with, the legacy of you and your master is nothing but death And destruction, which at the moment the episode came out, I found very interesting. But now seeing episode five leads so much more. And we'll get to that as we get to that part. But like I was like, oh, okay, you're just messing with her head. Cool. The fight goes as it goes. We know what happens with there.
0: But the minute he says that is when Ahsoka loses a fight. It's not when she actually falls. It's when he says that because she realizes it's like it's a self-realization yes. for her because you see her literally go, oh, crap, it really is. It really well, is. And she's I, like, I, I don't Was know. Was it if- my fault? Well, she she I, I can. I, I really think that she almost in that instance goes back to thinking that. Is it my fault that Anakin became Vader?
1: I disagree with you here. I think she's always felt that way. I think hearing it from somebody other than her own mind is what set her over the edge. Like this is how she's felt for 30 years, 25 years. And then to hear somebody else from the Jedi Order say that to her is what kind of pushed her over.
0: What? we're not disagreeing at all because I didn't say that she didn't feel that way. Okay. Cause I really, gotcha. f- cause I know, I know that she's felt that way. Yeah. It, there is signs of it everywhere, but she's been able to internalize it enough to where it doesn't come out until the then. minute he said, the minute he says it,
1: it's out, it's done. She loses and she's done. I mean, it's just out. And so, I mean, obviously we're talking about it. I'm hoping the people listening have watched it. So we get to the part where Shin rolls up. Ahsoka now believes that Sabine is dead. And you get a little bit more darker with uh, a Soko. Well, you yeah. know, let's, let's do a little, well, let's do a little force choke and like, you know, Undertaker slam her into the rocks over there. Balin stays relatively cool during all this for a dark side user who's supposedly emotional. He's really not that emotional. He was like, "Yeah." Well, I mean, he was upset. You could tell he was a little po'd about it. But I mean, what I'm saying is, he didn't lash out. It was just kind of like, oh, "Okay, got you. Bet, let's do something about this."
0: I mean, if that would have been like one of the you know inquisitors, they would have just all gone berserk at that point, and would have just gone to hacking and killing at that point.
1: Okay, and just I'm gonna break reality here real quick because like just thank you for this because obviously the show would not be the show without it. But like you couldn't have put the map on that little spot and got those coordinates like three episodes ago. Like we, that like we're all pressed on having to do this in this time frame. Well, you guys have been BSing on Satos for like four four rotations now. Like, you could have gotten the coordinates by now. But okay, cool, good, good, good movie, good show. Let's let's continue on with this reality here. But
0: well, I, I'll I'll, <laughs> give, I'll give them this. Maybe they couldn't remember. or They forgot how to code because you know I'm a I'm an old school coder, <laughs> but I'm rusty. It probably would take me a little while to read it just right and get yeah. the right coordinates. Chat well, GPT, we're fine. <laughs> They're <laughs> you gotta remember they're trying to jump galaxies. That's True. not something that's done regularly. This so, is the first time that we know it's being done, with the exception of when Ezra did it with the pergles.
1: Okay, before I forget this, and I know this is completely random, but like I saw this and I died laughing. And I think I sent this to my brother. So it was a meme, and it was basically, um joking about so you know the the lore we were given is that jedis knew how knew of this technology to jump between galaxies forever ago right so in star wars the prequels et is one of the senators in the thing so the the galaxy that's far far away is the milky way and like only if we knew somebody who knew how to navigate to the milky way and then you know there's a picture of the et aliens but i just had
0: to throw that out there because I thought that. No, no, that's great because it, uh, I love how Lucas decided to do that because yeah. he's like, this is actually a shot at Spielberg because they kind of had a. Yeah, I'm not gonna say they had a feud, but they kind of had a little beef, kind of like a, a a beef or kind of like a, a a side bet because Spielberg really thought E. T. was gonna be bigger than Star Wars. Yeah, and so like that when he has the you know. At this time when episode one comes out, you know, there's books, stories, yeah, all kinds of stuff about Star Wars, and there's just E.T. That's the only thing about E.T. is just E.T.
1: But I saw that meme and And I just died laughing though. That was
0: great though. It just makes me it just oh it's so awesome. But yeah, let's get back to um, Ahsoka getting her butt whooped.
1: So Ahsoka, Um, you know, so Sabine shows up, she grabs the map,
0: you
1: know, Ahsoka says what she says.
0: Oh, don't forget Ahsoka did was the one that actually broke it from being Yes. Them downloading. And so, you know, when she did it's hot, it burned her hand. So I don't know if that holds any significance. That's something I do want to point out because that's something I wasn't sure if it had significance in it. If it just got hot because it was hot, heated up, light, or whatever. Or is it hot because it's some type of force issue there? I don't know. But I just wanted to throw that out because it's something I paid attention to because the way she did it, you know, it was like hot. She kind of looked like At her hand and looked at the thing like it's not supposed to be hot. It wasn't hot when I grabbed it. You know, it's like kind of that realization, like it's not hot,
1: but it burned me. So the theory initially when that episode first came out was and I forgot, I think it's in one of Indiana Jones. But the theory was that the map had burned into her either her hand or into the glove. And that's how they're going to figure out how to get there.
0: (gasps) I just had a realization. Oh, no, it just clicked. Something just clicked. Okay. When, we get, when we get into well, talking about it in five, I'll, so, I'll, I'll say so, it. So,
1: you know, you know Sokka's like, destroy it. I, the funny thing is, I don't think, even if Sabine tried to destroy it, I don't think she could have. I don't think a blaster was going to do it, because you saw Balin, when he eventually destroys the map, I mean, he has his lightsaber there for a good hot minute before he actually breaks that map. So, I, oh, I, yeah. don't, I don't, even if Sabine, quote-unquote, would have made the right choice, I don't think it would have done anything. I don't think she could have destroyed the map, you know, with a blaster. Not with a
0: blaster. Well, if you notice too, Balin wasn't too concerned when she pointed the blaster at it. No, he wasn't. He really wasn't. He was like, come on, we don't need to do this now. And then he just really smooth. That's what I loved about Balin in that whole last five minutes of that episode. He just, he was so composed the entire time when probably almost anybody else would fall apart, even you see Ahsoka starting to fall apart, the one that's been composed pretty well up until this point.
1: Yeah, and she does. You see her start to unravel a little, little bit. And I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to rush through four, but I just really want to get to five. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. so much to discuss. So, Oh, God. So, okay, you know, for, for the recap, I, I don't know if there's really need, need to... Okay, so basically uh, Ahsoka falls over, Sabine, Shen, Balin... Morgan Elsbeth, you know the the Calvary shows up a second too late. And oh, the one thing I do want to say about the last part of that episode four, though, was when they hyperspace jump, and you see the wake, like how much force is behind them making that jump? Not no, no offense, whatever with the X wings. Just you could see it in the distance. You could just see this thing like rip well, this like. Yeah, wave. in the back, in the back, in the
0: back, back after like all the ships that did survive that because there was what
1: there was like I think there was five or six and only three, three. survived.
0: Yeah, I know only three survived. I couldn't remember. I was trying to count the X wings and I think three X wings down went down. I know at yeah. least two did because they collided. But in the background, after you see the ships trying to settle, they're looking now at that at it you see it still kind of going and tailing off like a comet
1: yeah it was crazy that,
0: i think that's a sign of, that has a little bit of significance to it too just because of it's it, to show how insane this is exactly. how like powerful this is because you don't see
1: when somebody else shoots off in hyperspace it's boop, gone and so <clears throat> i think i have a good segue here and you let me know but So the very end of episode four is the one that drops everybody's jaws. So we see the waves, beautiful transition to Ahsoka. And this is one of our other theories that we brought up, the world between worlds. Now, I learned something new since we had the last talk. So I know the world between worlds from Rebels. And there was an interview with Filoni where he's like, it's not really like a time and space time travel you know, Stargate. It's, it's just everything all exists at once. It's knowledge. But there's a canon book, because in Rebels, the Emperor, Palpatine, tries to get into it, and he's unable to. And there's a canon book with, you know, like the Sith Lord or something, and he actually talks about it for like one paragraph, and he basically goes, and this is where this is very important. The world between worlds is a conduit between life and death. And so we see Anakin at the very end of episode four. And then we have a week. All this speculation.
0: Go ahead. But even before that, see, you did it to surface a little bit because the best part that I thought you would have said was you see her laying there. It's all quiet and calm. And then you just vaguely hear the word snips. Snips. Yeah. And then you see her kind of turn and there's Anakin. And she gives you this look. that's like, Anakin. And it's almost a one for one shot look of the way that she looks at Anakin when she sees him. Like, it's like amazing. Like, from Rebels, yeah. Filoni's Filoni's symmetry that he does, that he's mirroring back and forth, is amazing. Like, it's, and it's got some, I'm telling you, it's going to end up having some significance later on in the series.
1: So, real quick for you, when you saw Anakin, what did you think he was? Did you think he was a, a force ghost? Did you think he was Anakin himself? What, what was your take on who Anakin was in that moment? At the end of episode four, not, not where we're going, but in the end of episode four, did you, what did you think he was?
0: So in episode four, I, I watched that part several times to try to analyze it. Because when I first saw it, I'm like, Oh, he's a force ghost. I was like, wait, no, no, no. That's not a force ghost because it's just got a little bit of a hue around him, and so does Ahsoka. Ahsoka's probably not dead yet. So that means that's not there. So what does that mean? I, I it's hard to say now because I've seen five, and yeah. my I kind of, kind of know what it is, but it's like okay, it's not a force ghost. It's not actual Anakin just because of the coloration of him. What else could it be? Well, I was having a conversation with somebody I work with today, and this spawned my thought about what it was, more so than the actual thing. Do you remember, and I really hate to reference this, but this is something that you know that I hold dear that I think Filoni and Favreau is doing, and I think this is has the
1: ties of it. I got you. What did Luke do in episode eight? He destroyed everything. You're talking about like when he destroyed all the Jedi stuff or what are we getting at here?
0: When Luke projected himself.
1: Okay. Sorry. Over.
0: Yeah. I think that they are actual projections from each other because Anakin being in the land beyond the living, whatever we call the afterlife there. And Ahsoka, still being in the land of the living, I think that they, at least Ahsoka did, subconsciously projected herself in the world between worlds. So And okay. I think Anakin did it fully, like on purpose, but I think he did it to help guide her there, because of the feel of the pull,
1: because their bond was so close. Okay, so... Uh, let's let's segue into five so when i saw it i knew i was 99 sure he was not a force ghost me and Kosol actually not that we disagreed he was like oh, i think it's a force ghost and i was like i don't think it's a force ghost and here's why i don't think it's force ghost at the end of episode four before five came out and he was like wow i was like simple reason everybody has that blue aura around them when they're a force ghost so we get to episode five and this is where we're probably going to have a lot of elaborations here so um very beginning, Hera, Jason, you know, they they land, they find Hu Yang. He he doesn't know where Sabine is. He doesn't know where Ahsoka is. Oh, that was
0: the best. So that was one of my favorite parts of Hu Yang is he's sitting there on the edge of, the, le- of yeah. the ledge that Ahsoka got knocked off of. He doesn't know this because he has no idea. He just found Sabine's helmet. Mandalorian helmet. Yeah, And he's saying, I told him to stick together. They always work better when they stick together yeah. and it was just so solemn and sad you could tell how much he deeply cared for both of them that's the one thing i just wanted to say about that because i just thought that was another one of those important things of showing that who yang doesn't really think bad of sabine he's using it for motivation it's just one of those things to kind of bring that together as a point
1: no I, it was i mean q yang and david tennant like doing the voice and like the little. Little details like uh, he's a droid. He doesn't need to squint his eyes, but like the emotion they're getting out of a droid is just incredible with his tone and inflection. Oh my gosh,
0: the only other droid that makes me as or that makes me anywhere near emotional like that is uh B from Andor. I don't know, mm. swinging if you watched all of that. I haven't watched all of it. I yeah, need to. B, but B from there, dude, he makes you so sad at points because he's just like. I just want to be with you, Cassian. I just want to go with you, Cassian. You know, because he just wants to be with who he is dear to, closest to.
1: So, and what was it wasn't like. There's so much to go over, so I'm trying not to rush through this. But that was a very poignant point, and then we segue to back to Ahsoka, and so. I kind of agree, and I kind of disagree with you. So I guess I'm going to give you my interpretation of where we're at and what's going on so it makes sense as I explain everything else I want to explain. We are in the world between worlds, in my opinion. And the only reason I believe it's the world between worlds versus just a fever dream in Ahsoka's mind as she's dying, and the only reason I feel this way is because Jason can hear the lightsabers. And I believe where they are on Seto's Just like in Lothal, and just like at these other... There's there's special points in the galaxy that are very Force-sensitive, light or dark. And I believe because they are so close to Satos, he's sitting on this Stargate map, temple-esque thing. He's Force-sensitive. This is very close by. So I think all those combine into the fact that he can hear to the world between worlds the lightsaber battle between Anakin and Ahsoka. Now I do believe that I think the Anakin that we're seeing. So, so I believe she's almost in purgatory. She's, like, she's teetering but, between life and death.
0: Go ahead. Before you get there, I do want to point this out. I, so I, I, agree with you on the Jason part being that's a sign of it. But I think the even bigger sign is, is if you think about it and you look at it, there's pathways other little oval circles there is look at it yeah think about it now say th- now think about to the scene in rebels which i've only seen in like images it's almost a copy of that it is it's but- got the pathways it's got those portals i'm thinking that's another one of the filoni Symmetry things.
1: But it is. And, and you're 100% right. And now, in the Rebels thing that you're talking about, the only other representation we have, it is black with white lines. And now we got this bluish thing. So I think that, I think part of that's just because she's in the ocean, to be honest with you. I think that's just kind of incorporated into this world between worlds based off of, because it's independent, it's subjective to the person who is in the world between worlds. So I don't know, maybe it's red for Anakin, you know, for Vader. Maybe it's red outline versus but, blue, whatever.
0: But Ahsoka's been in it before.
1: She has. But, but that's
0: why it looks like that, because it looks similar to what it was. And that's her.
1: I. So there's two types of forces. There's the living force and there's the cosmic force. And so. I believe this is a I don't want to say it's a force ghost. I don't think it's a force ghost. I, it is a force representation. It is a. It is Anakin as we know Anakin, but it is Anakin in all aspects of what Anakin can be. Going back to all time is being represented at all times here, because Mortis. I didn't want to go there. I don't think we're going to. I, go I'm there. sorry. I'm pointing. I'm, I'm pointing we'll, that we'll, out. We'll go there. I, that's we'll, a huge, we'll there.
0: huge piece in there.
1: Yeah, we'll go there later, but let's, I I think let's go to the more realistic possibilities versus, that. that is a great thing for a fan, but I don't know if that's where we're going with this. But, so from this aspect, it is whatever way you want to say, it's the living force, it's the cosmic force, it's Anakin and all of Anakin that he is. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, they start doing their thing. You know, I got a lesson still to teach you, Snips, live or die. And what does Ahsoka say? Ahsoka says, I will not fight you. And what is Anakin's immediate response? I've heard that before. Well, this isn't Clone Wars Anakin because that is Vader before him and Luke fight at the end of the Return of Jedi. So this is an Anakin who's aware of that fight. And then there's, and I'll get to the other part later where you kind of know this is, a, this is an Anakin that is obviously well aware of everything. And so unless Ahsoka and Luke had a play-by-play of what happened on, on Return of the Jedi. There's no way that Ahsoka subconsciously or consciously is aware of the exact verbiage that Luke and, and Vader got into. You know, I highly doubt that was part of their conversation. Yeah. So <clears throat> you see them fight. Props to Snips. And now, let me bring this up. So episodes one through four, people have complained. Because Ahsoka is very emotional. She's very emotive. She's very, she has a great personality that does develop, but she has a great personality. And people have been giving Rosario Darson a hard time. Like, why is she so emotionless? She's a robot. She's a this. So that's the first time I really saw Snips because, like, they're doing the fight and she she surprises Anakin and then she roundhound kicks it to the face and she even goes, like, yes. well, maybe. Then there's that first kind of Ahsoka attitude, like, Maybe you don't have that much to teach me there, Master. You know, and then he, yeah. you know, very snippy, 18. very Ahsoka-like. Yeah. So, he, so he breaks the bridge or the pathway, whatever. We drop her in. And so there's been differences on this. This first part, I'm not 100% sure on. And so there's people complaining about the fog. Well, I think if they would have spent all the money on the CGI, I think we'd have been distracted from all the beautiful Yo, Clone oh, Wars. Yes versus what really needs to happen so from a filmmaker standpoint from a storytelling standpoint like i was it, it got the point across and it focused it on ahsoka it, and anakin
0: absolutely perfect like I, I, all the people that are complaining oh i want to see the if you want to see clone wars go watch clone go wars. watch clone wars that's what yeah. it's for there. Yeah, that's what it's for this is ahsoka it's supposed to be that because she wasn't way over there in the fight she wasn't way over there in the fight she was right here by anakin it is perfect because you get that feeling, you get the emotions at that point.
1: So you love the fact that they're both aware of the past and the present, you know, because she's like, what, what are we doing here? Like, this is a Clone Wars, and like...
0: Wait, what, what are we doing here? But what happened to
1: Ahsoka? So we got the younger, 14-year-old, very beginning of Clone Wars versions of Ahsoka. Now, that's the one thing I haven't heard anybody say. I think the very, very first scene there, my opinion... It's either the Battle of Genosis, not, no, not Christosis. It's the Star Wars, the Clone Wars movie, or like the, mm-hmm. the first episode yeah. or two of, of the actual animated series. Yes. Because yeah, you, see saber, you see the green saber. You see the green saber. I think
0: very early, yeah.
1: Very early, very, very early. And so they're they're self-conscious because, you know, it's even Anakin taking a stab out of her. Like, well, no kidding, it's the Clone Wars. Like, I brought you here, but duh. Exactly, no yeah. And I think it's also... This is felony on multiple layers. This is just kind of a little bit of fun with the the fans. Like you got it. This is what you wanted. Here you go. You know he's he's got you're getting
0: the Clone Wars in live action. Here's you're a getting Anakin in live yeah. action. Clone Wars Anakin. I mean, it looks so awesome. You're getting Ahsoka like Clone Wars Ahsoka in live action. You get it's just so much you get right there. Now going back, I got back high off of it. I it's mean, going, sorry, I was just
1: And you're not out, a, you're not as that. big of a fan of that as I am. I, I got ex- super excited. But the funny I thing was bouncing. It, so people gave Hayden crap for his robotic acting during the prequels. People have given Rosario Dawson crap for her robotic acting up to this point. And this is real life versus the show versus everything. Yeah. Hayden killed it. Hayden did oh, incredible. God. He
0: did amazing. I went back and I found some clips where they had it, and it was the image one for one clips running the actual, yeah, animated series, and it together and dead on, spot on, perfect. He was amazing. The sounds of his voice, the way he said it, his emotions, everything. It was awesome. And right now, I'm gonna tell you all you people out there listening that hated the whole robotic of Hayden Christensen hated the whole robotic Rose, of Zyra Dawson, you're dissing two amazing actors that have made these characters awesome.
1: Now, here's the thing. Sorry. And here's the thing that's crazy about that. So I don't want to go too much into that scene. It's, it's a very beginning. This is a very early in their real relationship in Clone Wars. You see the green lightsaber, but it, and I, you watch the animated show and you realize Ahsoka's young. But I think this is sometimes where live action really hits home. So at the time of this, Anakin's 19 years old, and Ahsoka is 14 years old. So you think about that. For Ahsoka specifically, when Ahsoka got taken into the Jedi Order, there was no war. So for 500, 700, 1,000 years, they have been peacekeepers. They're taught how to combat, but that's not what the Jedis are about. We are peacekeepers. And now you're a young Padawan. You're given to Anakin Skywalker as your master. You're dropped into a war and you're basically the number two or number three because like General Kenobi, General Skywalker, Commander Ahsoka, you know, and then Captain Rex, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, she's a ranking individual in a war she was never trained for, 14 years old. And I bring that up because the very next scene, I know for a fact where this one is. So this is- Before
0: you jump there. Go ahead. Before you jump there. I just just don't want to lose the importance of what, is said from ahsoka because that's a very important part in this whole sequence that she's in in the world between worlds she's like i just killed all these people basically i led these people to death and anakin's like this is war and that's when they have the whole conversation of you know all the training and you get those hints back of where she actually is thinking about what Balin said to her, that yes. her legacy is all death. She's like, oh my gosh, it really is. And she, real. you see that kind of look on her and she's getting kind of emotionally upset about it. You see it, but she doesn't like lash out or anything. You see her go over to one of the fallen clone troopers. They're not dead, but they're injured. And I like what they did too, because they put a, they put a blanket a over yeah. the face and, and that almost every face other than Anakin's and Ahsoka's are almost always covered with the exception of a droid. And it, you see her put that hand on, on him and he puts his hand on top of hers. And that's after she had already said that whole, I'm leading people to death and all the whole talk there. And, and you kind of see her start thinking a little more and thinking a little more because it all goes back to the question, live or die.
1: Well, it does. Ahead, so now you can go into it. Not my bad. So That scene that you talk about, so it transitions to that. Now, that for sure is called the Battle of Ryloth. The Battle of Ryloth is where, the and I always mispronounce this, it's the Twi'lek, the ones with, like Hera is Mm -hmm. a Twi'lek. Hera's dad was a rebellion leader during that battle, and you meet him in Clone Wars, and you meet him in uh, Rebels. But in the episode leading up to this, it's like a three-story, three-episode arc, Ahsoka, Commander Ahsoka, leading up to that part you just saw in live action, she flies a squadron in, disobeys direct orders, gets half her squadron killed. Then she goes to another spot, disobeys orders again, gets more clones killed. And then you get to the part that we're seeing is only insinuated at in the actual animated show because on that particular time frame, You, Anakin pops in real quick and kind of gives Obi-Wan and Mace Windu like a report like, hey, we just took this, we're taking this part next and blah, blah, blah. So what we're seeing in live action is after what's happened in the Clone Wars animated series, but still part of that. It's just a battle that we did not see up until this point off camera. But then, which is probably a cool fact for everybody. so. Like you said, the Anakin talks are great because it's multi-tiered here. It's like, hey, this is how you need to live your life. But you also need to like understand from a Jedi way, hey, in your own personal life, this is where you're screwing up. You, and, and then just yeah. obviously physically what's going on right now, you need to fight to live because you are dying right now. You are physically dying in the real world, and you've got to fight to survive. And then he walks off, and probably one of the coolest shots I have ever seen.
0: Oh, my gosh. Filoni. I love you man. I'm oh, sorry that was so amazing shot. And you see the flicker of Anakin and then you see Darth
1: Vader. Now, obviously in real in, during that current time when it actually happened, that's not what's going on. But obviously now we're looking at it from Ahsoka's point viewpoint and she sees Anakin for all he is and for all he will become and for all she fears. And we now yes. segue to the next part, which is A really cool part. So this is the Siege of Mandalore. Now, time frame-wise, this is going on concurrently. The Siege of Mandalore in the animated series is going on at the exact same time that uh, Revenge of the Sith is starting in the movie. Like So when Obi-Wan, if you watch the cartoon, they were going to go help Bo-Katan out for Siege of Mandalore, they had something else going on. They couldn't help her because they got called because Palpatine has been captured by Dooku, which leads to the very beginning of Revenge of the Sith. So the Siege of Mandalore is going on at the same time that is.
0: But if I'm not mistaken, this is at the point where Ahsoka's already out of the Jedi.
1: She is. She's coming in as a civilian. And that another little cool Clone Wars little little thing for everybody. So, oh God, I don't want to go too far they were halfway through season six when they stopped uh, Clone Wars, Disney acquired it. So that was like 2013. And so episode, season six is like half done. Filoni stopped, you're doing Rebels, we as Disney own it. And they allowed him in 2020 to go back and finish to Clone Wars. So this is, in 2020, this is season seven that he's gotten to do. So it's really weird, like real life chronologically. Yeah. But what I just said, like we were talking about, so time, time-wise Star Wars time, the Siege of Mandalore is going on at the exact same time. Um, the very beginning of the movie, Revenge of the Sith, is starting. So they're going to go save Palpatine, bo Ahsoka. Now, the cool thing is they're not the 501st. Rex is now the commander, and he's in charge of the 332nd. And to honor Ahsoka, they paint their mask with her symbols on their mask. And you can get a quick glimpse of that. So that next scene is her, and she got gifted two sabers from Anakin. Now they've gone from green to blue. So now she has the two blue sabers, which is, and you could see, it's only been three years since he, be- yep. she became his Padawan. So now she's 17, but you could see the fighting style. So the actress who played young Gamora in Avengers, I forgot yeah. her name, something green, black, incredible job as well. But like her, Amazing. her physical, like that's how Ahsoka fights. And that's, that's the weird thing for me is Ahsoka's now older. So she's got yeah. more of that very, measured samurai, very now she's still agile, but she only busts that out occasionally. But to see that it? young actress do like how Ahsoka, mm-hmm. you know, goes crazy is so incredible. Is that
0: is that the point where you see the the one Death Watch Mandalorian come out? So that you see what's, that
1: what's that also yeah what's Mandalorian also,
0: with the spike helmet.
1: In the Clone Wars, what has happened is <laughs> Maul survived Maul becomes, and you've seen this in Solo, so Maul, Maul survives, <clears throat> and he basically gets to Darksaber, and he becomes basically, you know, he has a Darksaber, so he's in charge, so half the Mandalorians follow him, and they're called like Moladors or something like that, so that you see the spiked, you know, uh, armor and all that, and that's in the Clone Wars in 2020, the, the last season of Season 7 that he got to do, so you get to see all that. And then we get to the part where Anakin walks up. And this is where I was saying, I don't think it's her a figment of her imagination because it's Anakin as Anakin knows. And he's like, I don't recognize this. And she's like, because you weren't here. We parted ways. Like, this is the yep. Siege of Mandalore. That's because Anakin was on the other side of the galaxy saving Palpatine at this yes. time. and He was so, becoming bad. Bad. Yeah. And so awesome, awesome talks here. So Anakin, the legacy thing again. You are a legacy of me, and I am a legacy of my master, you know, an interesting little tidbit with that, so I mean, we know the the lineage is basically, if you want to go backwards, it's Yoda, Dooku, Quagon, Obi-Wan, Anakin, Ahsoka, and just for the random uh, Rebels nerds out there, it's Yoda, Mace Windu, I cannot think of her name, Delepe, or something like that, and that is That is Kanan, Jairus' one that you see die at the beginning of Bad Batch. She also dies in, like, the movie, too. But, like, you're a legacy. And then Ahsoka looks at him. Yeah, but we had no idea how bad you would be. The evil and how destructive and how powerful you would become. And then he goes, is that all I am to you? I am more than that. You are more than that. But since you can't get over it, live or die. Start over. Live or die. And... Little, little weird tidbit with that. He always turns his back to her. He never looks at her when he says, live. It's always live, and then he turns around and he says, die. But what's funny is if you go back to Revenge of the Sith, when him and Obi-Wan are fighting on Mustafar, he has his back to Obi-Wan when he's talking all that, like, you know, all the evil he talks, you know, and then basically only a Sith deals with, you know... Absolutes. Absolutes and stuff. I was on... I so that... Uh, no,
0: it's it's great. It's great symbolism and just seeing that and thinking about that because, I mean, it, it just shows that. And the thing right there that gets me, it's like he says that again the second time and he pops his lightsaber blood red. And then he turns around and he has the red Sith eyes like he had in Revenge of the Sith. He has that whole just essence about him of being so uncontrolled fury because That's how he is. When he is Vader, it's it he lets those emotions skyrocket. The only time you see him more under control of his emotions is during the actual original series four, five, and six. When you see him in solo, he is, I mean, he is just completely obsessed with killing Obi-Wan. Like that's it. He just wants to kill Obi-Wan and you see that, and you see that same kind of reaction there in this fight. It's not that controlled. It's that. You're
1: going to die. I'm going to kill you. This is a weird time to bring this up, but I just kind of, and this is maybe lore that some people don't know. Uh, Number one, Anakin had the potential to be the the, the strongest force user ever. Uh, When he becomes Darth Vader, he technically is stronger, but some of that's artificial and some of that's a little weird because like his suit is made, since he has lost so much of his physical body, he's not potentially as strong as he could be. Number two. The suit that's made for him is made by Palpatine for multitude of reasons, and they're all evil. Number one, it causes Vader constant pain because the pain leads to the dark side and the hate and et cetera. So it keeps him constantly in pain, no matter what he does, which supposedly helps him with the dark side. Number two is the the suit is very, very susceptible to force lightning, which obviously if Palpatine ever gets worried that Vader will turn on him, it's almost an immediate
0: you see that episode six of the movies, like when he hits Vader at the end with force lightning,
1: Vader's like all of a sudden like, Oh God, you know, just like, but I just, something I was thinking about because this, this Anakin slash Vader hybrid we're seeing at this particular moment, whatever he is, force goes presence of the force. You saw it a little bit in revenge of the Sith, but like, this is the Vader. This is the Anakin with all the potential in the world. And you can kind of see that, but, This
0: is the Vader that Palpatine really wanted. 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 This is what he really wanted. What he got is what we see in the Obi Wan in the movies and all that.
1: And so they get into it now, and and once again, Ahsoka, three years removed from starting, now is an incredible fighter. And and Vader, Anakin, however you want to phrase them, disarms not I wouldn't say disarms her, but he he subdues her very quickly, kicks her back into the present time. And you got to love the line and how it's said. He walks through. We get the beautiful, like, flashes of Vader and Anakin. And my point, my personal interpretation of that is this is this is Anakin at his most balance. This is him fully accepting who he is, who he was, who he is now. I was Anakin. I was Vader. I was dark. I am light. I am yin. I am yang. I am balanced. There is everything to me all at once. And this is me in light. So, I, he's not trying to kill Ahsoka. He's trying to teach her a lesson. So, I love the, when he walks through, it's his voice and it's Vader's voice meshed together. And he goes, What's he saying? Your lack of conviction. <laughs> he hits her with that line.
0: Uh, it's just so awesome. Like, you see that come through and he's just going at it. And, you know, he, him and Ahsoka are having another fight there on the, one of those, you know, pathway bridges or whatever.
1: And so, and I just, oh my gosh. (laughs) So the symbolism behind all of this. So for the ones who have watched the animated series, they have a battle in Rebels and it gets interrupted. They don't ever get to finish it. So, I mean, this fight at this very end is such a combination of so many things. It is Ahsoka fighting with who Anakin became. It's Ahsoka fighting with her fear that she has dark side in her and she will turn to the dark side. It's, it's the unresolved fight she had with, um, vader a couple of years back in rebels and it's also just her fighting with her unsolved resolution of her feelings of everything that has been weighing her down for over half her freaking life
0: well and it's also to the whole it's the finalization of her training because she even repeats that several times i never had my training finished. i never I had never my training finished my training yeah. never I didn't finish this is that finality for her this is that final i can move on and You get to see that in
1: the fight as it plays out. So the fight goes, and here's a little interesting tidbit. She loses her lightsabers, and then she defensively, just like Obi Wan did in the Obi Wan series, you know, but she defensively takes the saber away. But you know how, did you pay attention to how she did it? She did it just like Anakin did in Revenge of the Sith against Dooku. She uses the same maneuver to basically Mm -hmm. disarm him. And now she has him in the same position that Anakin had Dooku, and where Kinda. Dooku, kind of doesn't have because a he had he he had he, 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 yeah. he 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 broke Dooku with his saber.
0: She broke it without, and she just took the saber from him, and then she had him twisted in the arms with the saber up, and you had the shot of the glow of his face and her face.
1: Gotta love the little evil Sith eyes and and Ahsoka for that split second too, but. Going back to how deep you want to go with this, Anakin and Revenge of the Sith beheads Dooku, and I would almost say that's kind of where the dark side turned. Oh, I would I, say it's one hundred percent. Ahsoka's is there, and she drops the lightsaber, and now she has finally come to terms with everything we just discussed.
0: She threw the lightsaber down. I mean, like she threw it. It was like, foomp, and make sure it goes yeah. off the ledge. And you see Anakin back up and go.
1: Well, you see him back get up that little smirk. The the Sith eyes, he closes his eyes, and now he's back to Anakin. He's not Vader. And once again, how deep you want to get. So sometimes the Star Wars fans, we go way, way, way too deep. You know, oh, that symbolizes, uh, you know, him going from light to dark, back to light at the very end. Take it as you will. I mean, you interpret it the yeah. way you want to interpret it, but, like, it's beautifully done. And then, you know... Basically, the world bet- Anakin disappears and the world between worlds. Going back to the, sy- the s- symbolism of it is when he disappears and you see the world between worlds start the thing. You see her reflection,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then you see it melt into. So she, her good and her evil, her past and her present, it all merges into one. And who comes out of that clear? What do we get? Hang out on, of hang that? on.
0: Wait, <laughs> wait, well, not wait. Well, you you skipped a bunch. Let's skip all that. So. What I like about that and what I said earlier about Mortis, Mm. that is like right there when you see Anakin basically close. Well, I'm sorry. When you see Vader close his eyes, open it back up, and he's Anakin. That to me was the 100% proof that I needed to show that Anakin, once he died in episode six of Star Wars, the movies, he assumed the place of the father from Mortis.
1: I've heard this theory and I, I do agree with it because that also explains why you never see him force ghost. He's too busy taking care of everything else. He doesn't have time exactly. to, to go force and I, project himself somewhere. And,
0: and that's why I was leading into that because it, it shows that Anakin realized how important he was to the force. He was the one to bring balance to the force, albeit he brought it in a very dark and evil way he did bring balance to the force and he took the position of the father now the theory is is trying to figure out who the son's going to be because we all know who
1: the daughter is the daughter's obviously ahsoka yeah
0: Ahsoka. and swinging has pointed that out to us numerous times one major fact of that is the white owl so now we see ahsoka she's in the water face here floating and all of a sudden you see lights it's the ships. It's Hera and uh, forget the other. Yeah. The other guy. He's, he's Carson. He's in. Carson, 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 Carson. And um, they're rescuing her. One, one of the other uh, X-Wing pilots are jumping in the water, pulling her out. And she's uh, as she gets pulled out. You hear. Her just out of desperation, go Anakin. And now, of course, I don't think anybody else picked up on that in the group. Maybe Hera did, but I don't remember saying
1: before them? you hear her say Anakin, you can barely hear it. Somebody says Ahsoka. Yeah. I she that. responds back with Anakin. So, yeah. So I, I just want to bring up two things real quick with your boy, though. You said Carson, Carson's the uh, Asian guy, the elderly guy earlier in the episode, Carson's earlier the, everywhere. Earlier in the episode though, uh, hu yang you know, like Jason starts doing all that crazy stuff and he hears everything. And like Carson looks at Hu Yang and he was like, what's going on? And, and Hu Yang's like, Oh, He's he's got abilities. His dad's Kenadier. So for the Rebel fans and the animated fans, it's like oh, huge shout out. And then I I see Carson as a representation of nobody who's ever watched who has no clue because he's just yes, like yes. whatever.
0: Let's okay. go. <laughs> okay. my god, I'm fine. Whatever. Let's go do the thing. stuff already. Let's go. Because at this point, he's already dealt with the Mandalorian. You know, Wait. he's already dealt with Mando, Din Djarin and all that, and he's dealt with some of the crazy stuff that's gone on there.
1: And Carson is the ultimate wingman in multiple, multiple ways. And, and, and Carson's you know, just fun. Yeah. I, Cause you know, you gotta love that part where she's like distractor and like, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I know this sounds funny, but I see Carson right now as Sid from final fantasy.
1: I can kind of see that. I can kind of see. Cause
0: that. he's just, he's just there as an ancillary character. And the only reason why it makes a connection right now is because one, I'm, playing final fantasy 16 yeah. and deep into it but sid is actually very important in ahsoka he's not so important in the other ones yeah and sid is really important in this final fantasy in final Fantasy he 16. And he hadn't no, been he so is. important in the other ones and so that's just kind of funny it has that kind of tie there too but getting back to what swinging was trying to get me to say earlier is that you see ahsoka laying down and hu yang walks up to her and sh- she says hu yang you know Hera's here and all this Jason, too, and all this just great conversation. One thing I do like is you see her without her headdress on. Yeah, it's it's you, it was it, well it, it done just, it, but different. It was it was weird and cool at the same time because I was yeah. like, that's so cool. You if you look really closely, you actually get to see her hear, ear holes under yeah. her tendrils. And that was really cool too, because you don't see those. And so you you have this talk and you look at her. Ahsoka looks a little different now. She's kind of getting some color there (laughs) or lack thereof is this is this is this ahsoka the white and you see this now as it goes on a little bit more and she actually walks out of the ship and she's at that thing she's got white robes now feloni you watch too much lord of the rings we didn't anakin didn't need to be her balrog well, but it was great. It was great. It, it had great, great symbolism, it's, though. Okay. It was great symbolism, I, had a great purpose.
1: I love that you said that. Now, I, I've seen this a little bit, and I guess, you know, and that's kind of obvious. Like Lucas was a huge uh, samurai warrior fan, you know, the films and stuff. And there's one individual that he always followed, and he had a movie called Shadow Warrior, but the name of this episode was Shadow mm-hmm. Warrior. But what you just brought up, all I thought about was Gandalf on the bridge. The Balrog is a demon of smoke and shadow and gandalf is a shadow warrior therefore ahsoka and that, that's that's the correlation i put together
0: but that's what uh, i put together too the, the minute i saw her in the white robes that's when it all clicked it's yeah. like oh my gosh we talked about it in the last podcast about ahsoka and the references to lord of the rings he is just doing it now really big time to throw it in our face and just to point at us and laugh and say ha ha i love lord of the rings and i'm gonna make you well, like it too
1: the other thing is going back to, hey, did we retcon that from the end? You know, when we talked about episode, the end of episode one. So, you know, I think, I think Floney was a little rushed. So his intention was always to make a soak of the white, even 10 years ago. But because he didn't have a chance to flesh out that story at the end of Rebels, which was done seven, eight years ago, okay, boom, she's a soak of the white. The white. But what we talked about was she can't be there yet. We need to see the journey to become Ahsoka and the White. This, now this is that retconning, the retconning to the make her Ahsoka it. the Gray until we get to where to this episode we get to see Ahsoka the
0: White and get to see that progression. It's just so great and so amazing, and so like we see that and they, you know, she's she. You get to see a Force power that you did you have never seen before, mm-hmm. and you get to see her use that power. Well, I mean, technically in the live actions, you've not seen
1: it. Live action, you're hundred percent right. Now, granted, that was the thing that was so special about Ezra was he had this force ability to to like communicate with animals. But what I was gonna also say was, uh, and now I'm having a brain fart on it, but basically, oh, it just left me. I apologize, but really cool to see her figure out. Okay, we'll use the pergol, you know, and then it's well, just could,
0: well, it's funny you get to see her sit there and 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 just kind of close her eyes, and you get to. You get to see her, like, relive the fight in her mind and hear it and know pretty much what happened based off of holding the broken map.
1: Yeah, well, you got that. But what I was going to say is all the crap that Rosario has gotten for four episodes. She's robotic. She's emotionless. She's this. And you can see the pure joy of Ahsoka the White. Like, you can see the enlightenment. You can see the, like she's about 40 to 45 years old here. So if we go back to the time frame we're talking about, from 14 17 18, she's she's a Jedi who was be- made to become a warrior when she didn't want to be become a soldier. And the other thing I was going to say is like her and Anakin are kind of two sides of a coin. So they're both from a Jedi perspective, they're both way too emotional. You're not supposed to have attachments. They love each other. Like like brother Absolutely. sister, brother sister. You see how Anakin's attachment and his emotion led him to the dark side. With Ahsoka, she has internalized all this. And so she has become very withdrawn. She's not the Ahsoka, the free spirit. And so from, you know, once again, we get to know her from like 14 to 18. And then we get to see her, I would say, let's just say 25 years old in Rebels for a little bit, you know. And she's more serious at that age, but she still has this, you know, affectionate, emotional emotive personality and then when we see her Amanda and we see her here up to this point it is just very methodical very reserved very just yeah no emotion
0: matter of fact it's just this is how, business, it, is. This is how it is she's and me. go I th- ahead I think that's a great thing to, th- to point out though because if you had the Ahsoka from Clone Wars here at this point then you don't have Ahsoka at all because you have the problems because you don't have what she went through. When she saw Anakin turn, she lost it. I mean, she got, I mean, she was upset, distraught about it. So that's why she internalized things. And I think that through the whole world between worlds interaction with Anakin, it taught her that you can still have emotions and you can have it right and have attachments without letting it drive you to the dark side, because that's what Anakin showed her that she could have. And it's really subtle through some of that, because even when Anakin's fighting her as Vader you can still see that there's care, compassion there for her in those fights because Anakin really wanted to kill her. He could have killed, he killed her and done, and that'd have it. But you can see that he is trying to teach her, trying to give her the compassion that she needs and to show her that her love and compassion for others needs to be there and she doesn't need to be matter of fact. That's what makes her special. That's what makes her a special Jedi. That's
1: what makes her the sister of the brother from the father. And so once again, two different sides of the same coin, very similar personalities, very similar, I wouldn't say similar experiences, both been through very traumatic things. And it's your choices that you make. And so I, I thought that was incredible. You know, and once again, once she becomes a soak of the white, she's so much more joyful. So like she comes out of the ship and Jason. Smiling. Smiling, giving Jason hugs. What are you talking? Oh, you heard that? Oh, you want to. Have you ever seen that Jedi ship? Yeah, it's just so cool.
0: Makes Hu Yang mad, though, because Hu Yang is like, I don't want to show this kid. Well, I love it. I love his answers. Like, hey,
1: hey, 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 can I can I do this? No. Do you know how to build a lightsaber?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Will you show me how?
0: No. No. (laughs) I love it. Like, Hu Yang is like, I'm uh -uh, I'm done. I'm not dealing. I'm not dealing with them. I dealt with them for 500 years. I'm not dealing with another one. You know, it's kind of like one of those over parents. You know, they're over it. It's just like no. Mm-mm.
1: So I think the ending. I mean, I don't think we need to go through everything with the purgle and all that. But I think the, the so coolest. I,
0: I do. I, I want to point out. I want to point out this about the ending. So as as it's happening, and Ahsoka's like, we've got to basically communicate with purgle. This is where I think the whole burning of the hand piece comes oh, okay. into play. It's over here. So when <laughs> so so when she comes up, when they go up there and they find the the. My son, my son called it the mama. I, 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 I was mean, gonna usually, say the mama pergle. Usually, usually the mamas are the biggest yeah. in whales and whatnot, and and these are so one hundred percent. Um, like I, I'm not gonna say copy, but definitely. Um, what is that called? Um, see, I, I'm terrible with words when I start getting excited. No, you're fine. Um, um I don't know where they, we they, got that. They, they borrowed from the oh. the idea of a humpback whale. They yes. they. Made it like that. And so, like, you have the, you know, all the sounds that sound like homeback whales and everything. But they have octopus tentacles on their butt. And I thought that was cool, though. I thought it was really cool. And my son loved it. And they had, they had catfish whiskers. So the teeth were 100% whale teeth. Yeah. That was fil- so cool when they, it opens them yeah, out. Yeah,
1: they did the filter. It filters all the stuff that comes in. I thought mm-hmm. that was dope.
0: So Ahsoka is in all white garb now. Like, all white garb. It looks awesome. She looks like the Ahsoka we need at this point. Yes. It's like we needed the Gandalf the White. We need Ahsoka the White. We're getting the best ones of both of them at this point. And Ahsoka puts her hand up. It doesn't make the sound of what you hear when people use the Force and they put their hand up. It's the exact same hand that she used to touch the map. Mm. And it burned her hand. Okay. I don't think it burned her glove. I think it burned imprinted her on her hand. And when she put her hand up, the whale didn't read her thoughts or anything. It saw the map.
1: Oh, you want to go there? Got gotcha. you on the
0: hand, <laughs> and it saw the map. It 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 sensed the map because I'm sorry, they got a hyperdrive in their butt. Yeah, they sensed. I think the mama sensed it because Mama's got sixth sense. sensed that and was like. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to save your family. Here, let me help you. And then the well opens up its mouth and Ahsoka says, Hey, who, who Yang fly in the mouth? And like who Yang, I was fixing to say, I I thought he was just like, are you, I thought he was about (laughs) to blow a gasket. Like, really? You almost see this over emotion come out of him. He doesn't quite, but he's like, okay. And as soon as the mouth started opening up, my wife is actually watching this episode with me and my son, which they don't always do. I go, it's Joan in the belly of the whale time guys. And they go, huh? I'm like, just watch. Yeah. If
1: it's get fun. So. But it's so happy through this whole part. She's so, she's so joyful and she's so at peace and so Zen like. And one thing I did want to point out is something I did bring up in the last podcast is I think Filoni also doing a great job of showing the ineptitude of the new Republic. My oh, yes. hits up Hera. Hey, you're, you guys have got to come back, and you're going to stand trial. And, and Hera's like, I, I don't think Ahsoka's going to do that. I don't know if I want to either. But I, I'm not about to tell a Jedi exactly. or or whatever you know, a no, Force a Jedi what to do. Yeah, I'm not about to tell a Force user what they they are and are not going to do. And so I, I do believe.
0: Um, well, that and the fact that Carson was so easy to put off the whole fleet by just saying yeah i'm gonna need your codes i'm gonna yeah i need you it's classified just basically throwing the most random gibberish at them i wish i mean come on i wish wish this is what i need this is what i need hollywood for for right now is both of y'all military if a lower ranking person said that to you what would you do I'm not gonna
1: lie to you. you. Depending on the person. Would you play it for a little bit? Or would you say, fix this now? Depending on the person, their reputation, which I'm sure Carson has a good one. And then depending on how good of a story they tell. I'll tell you right now, I've had a guy tell me a story so good I knew it was complete, you know what? And I was just so, it wasn't that big of a deal. So he told this. He got himself out of trouble. He told me the story, and I was like, you're full of it. That is the most creative story I have ever heard. If you ever do it again, it's almost like I would think for you, it'd be like, hey, if your son came to you, you,
0: he got it, that charisma roll. He rolled a he natural got, 20 on he charisma. He rolled a natural right on the charisma, yes. <laughs> no,
1: I, I have gotten away with that in the military. Now, now me and Hollywood are going to have two different points of view there because officer versus enlisted oh, yeah. is a little bit different. But, like, uh, yeah, I, as a young enlisted guy, have, have have spun a many good yarn that have gotten me out of trouble, <laughs> and I've had a couple of guys who've done the same where I was like, you know, that was so good. Don't ever do it again. This is your get-out-of-jail-free card. Get out of my face. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I mean,
0: that's basically what Car- Carson does. So he just basically spins some great tales, and he rolls well, no, a good he told nat
1: 20. Me. As a true military guy, he told the truth. So he can't really he actually technically. Did. He technically shouldn't get in trouble for. Well, what's the plan? You're not going to believe me. And he just <laughs> and he, he wasted time. <coughs>
0: he wasted time oh my gosh i want (laughs) to know i want to know exactly what all he said like i want to know if he said like space magic and wizards and everything like
1: he's he he true military fashion he what should have been a five minute story took 55 minutes he told every little minute detail so me and me and lieutenant so-and-so didn't think it was a good idea but general harrow told us he overruled us on that so therefore we had to do a fourth sweep and on the fourth sweep around the I, we saw forty-seven fit. Mean, I'm just saying he, yeah, he, he did everything technically by the letter of the law, but he just took his sweet, sweet time. Yeah, you know, uh, and I'm sure me and Hollywood could go on about military stories about that. But yes, I, yes, it, depending on the person, depending on their rank, and depending on the story they told. Yes, that 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 is a possible, at least in the Air Force. I can't, I can, I cannot speak for yeah. the other branches, but I will say the Air Force that might have been possible. Marines probably not um
0: <laughs> well i mean you gotta think too though the, the the space force is a branch of the air force kind of anyway
1: it is i actually was supposed to be space force before i got out because that's actually what my job oh. was was like cyberspace but um so i love this one now the last episode episode four left us on a cliffhanger what's going on Five. i'm sorry go ahead i'm no no what i meant was Five. four four for me left me like oh, oh, oh okay. see go anakin is that the world between worlds this one left oh yeah. yeah. Me, this one left me very hopeful. I'm very excited about the next episode, but we're now in uncharted territory. So I think you and me could speculate, but no offense, we could grab 10 people off the street right now and we all could have 10 different speculations. So Coastal Absolutely. me and Coastal talked quickly about it. And he was like, What do you think's gonna happen? I was like, there's three episodes left. I was like, because of how good Thrawn is, we know and it's the the voice actor from the show is the one who's playing him in real life. I cannot wait to hear him in live action. But because Thrawn is such an intriguing character, my just very, not super specific, I believe we will maybe not meet Ezra, but I believe we will see Ezra, maybe wherever he is at this point. When we get to the new galaxy, I think we will see where Ezra is. And I think either at the end of episode six, or hopefully at the very beginning of episode seven, we will get thrown in some kind of capacity. Cause I cannot imagine having Thrawn as a character eight episodes and you introduce him three minutes left on the last episode. I just, I don't see that happening.
0: I just, I have a sneak, I have a sneaky suspicion that they're going to do that. They're going to do it to where they're going to possibly get there. And of course they're not going to be right at them. Yeah, exactly. Not going to be because they're going to have to deal with, Balin, they're going to deal with Shin, they're going to deal with Morgan Elspeth. They've got three major components there that they got to deal with. And it's just Ahsoka and Hu and Yang. Yang yeah. And how much is Hu Yang going to really put into that?
1: Well, yeah. And so once again, I, it's... You're but he could go
0: off. I mean, he could. when he was training when he was training Sabine, he had extra arms pop out. I mean, that well, was kind of cool. And I'm like, I could see where that could ha- kind of happen. And I kind of started having flashbacks to uh, General Grievous when he was doing that.
1: Once again, we have to find Ezra. In my opinion, Ezra has to, not to say we find him, but we have to at least as an audience be told where he is so we can at least go, okay, Ezra's, she went on this planet and he's on the other side of the planet and Ahsoka has to get to him, has to go through Balin and Shen to get to Ezra or whatever the case may be. I just just can't imagine we're not seeing Thrawn. I
0: I think you're going to see Ezra at the end of seven, mm, okay, you're gonna see you're gonna see Thrawn, maybe midway through eight. Wow, I think this is and and this is not my like best hope. Yeah, I hope we see him as soon as we get into six. Well, I that's d- my real hope. But I really think that play wise, because you don't have enough time in what 120 minutes, because that's all we got left. Yeah, because they're roughly gonna be pushing 40 minutes. For these next three episodes, one hundred twenty minutes. Okay, that's the theory that this was the big hitter that was Mm -hmm. at fifty-one minutes, and that we're not going to get any more more than forty-five out of the next three, which would be fine with me. It's great because that still means we had close to six hours of Ahsoka,
1: so maybe seven hours. Yeah, I mean it's. So I I really, I I really have no speculation on the rest of the series, but but I know it's hard to speculate. It's hard to I even do think about it because there's I, so many possibilities. I do have a crazy theory for you in general. Okay. So the Grisk are the enemies out in the unknown region mm-hmm. with the Chisk. Mm-hmm. So I think we take the rest of Ahsoka here. I have a feeling we might get one more season at least before the Thrawn movie oh, yeah. comes out. And so what I think might happen is I think Ahsoka and Ezra, I think Balin and Shin. Obviously, unfortunately, Balin has to die. Don't know if Shin goes good or bad. Yeah. But what I'm saying is I think what would be very an interesting twist of the era of the Empire and kind of what's going on modern. This is just thunder's wild the wild imagination going crazy. I think we get to the I think we get thrown at the end of the series. And Ahsoka shows up to him and he goes, We're not enemies. Our true enemy are these guys, and they're from this galaxy, and they've been making their way to our galaxy. So we have to team up. That's what we need. to do. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, and we need to get along. So, Mando season four, Ahsoka season two, whatever the case may be,
0: I think it's going to be Ahsoka season two. I don't think Mando season four is going to have any Ahsoka stuff in it. I possibly. think it's going to be a full split. Now that I'm sorry, Ahsoka, the series is too awesome to now weave back weave together back. unless well, unless it's,
1: it's a big a, war it, it's that a, weaves back. Which and that's, that's where coming I'm going to with that. It. It's coming so to that. Whether it's the Grisk, whether it's the I can't think of the other uh, the Vong, the Vuvong or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever whatever threat there is. I think Thrawn. He manipulates it. Hey, we're not enemies. We have, a, we, have a, we have a mutual enemy. We need to get along. And so whether that's Ahsoka se- season two or whatever, it's the gathering of the remnants of the Empire, the New Republic, maybe Mando shows up, whatever the case may be. And it is a gathering of allies to take on this threat. And then the Thrawn movie is the threat. This war, this battle, this whatever. We win, but barely. And then Ahsoka season three was like, "All right, y'all are weak. I'm taking you out now." And so Thrawn goes after what's left of all the allies who are now fractured. And now, now Thrawn is the. I
0: don't think we're gonna get that far. I don't in either. Seasons. But I we're I only love gonna it. get two seasons of Ahsoka. <laughs> only gonna get two. Is that seasons all they said? Which. I would be surprised if we got more.
1: I know they haven't gotten the viewers the on- that they've wanted, and I'm, I'm the sh- only I'm sad the o- about that.
0: The only reason why they're not going to do more than that, and I don't think they were going to do more than that, even if they got all the viewers, it's because a lot of these shows, you know, Andor, it's an amazing show, and people don't like it, but it's amazing. It is, it, it, and, and I hate those types of shows, and I loved Andor. I don't know why, it just it, it, it captured me. Gotcha. Andor is only going to have one more season. And it can't go any further than that. It just physically can't. It's yeah. impossible. They're doing the same thing too, because you've got to set up the first order. Remember, You're right. what did I say? The whole goal of all of this is that I think Faloney and Favreau are really up to.
1: You, I don't think they're retconning it, but we'll first
0: f- of all, Kathleen Kennedy's fixing to be out. Second, Faloni's going to be the one to step up and take charge. I think third, <laughs> if they ret, I mean, they've already laid the groundwork for retconning or They have Filoni a little bit. Faloney f- has retconned his own stuff. Correct. That's a big deal. And that's a big deal. Cause people usually don't retcon their own stuff. They retcon other things to fit their stuff. So, so he's, so he's retcon. L- l- let me get down I'm here just a little it. bit. He's, he's ret, he, he's retconned um, Ahsoka to have her the way he needs her. They're going to go into this new galaxy. I don't know what's going to happen. I've got no idea other than I'm going to throw this one tidbit out. Ahsoka is fixing to get 10 times more powerful. Why? Because that galaxy they're going to, Force is stronger, more powerful, and that's what's going to happen. She's going to get superpower. What? Like, I don't know. She, she's not going to be like, she's not going to be like the flying God of Jedi. So but she's going to get a stronger and be more attuned. I should say instead I, of,
1: I, I don't disagree with that, but here's the thing. I wonder how close Filoni is going to parallel Gandalf the white, because when you get to the books and you get to the movies of Lord of the Rings, Gandalf does take out some pretty big dogs, but at the end of the day, it's him mentoring Aragon. To become the guy he needs to be. So, is Ahsoka's, once again, he is the, she is now the, get Ahsoka the white, she is now the complete mentor. So, as powerful as she gets, who is she setting up for success going forward? Is it Ezra? Is it Sabine? Is it Jason?
0: I think what's gonna happen here, because they're gonna eventually have to butt into the beginnings of the First Order. Mm. It's, it's just, I mean, they've already laid the groundwork. Yeah. They did it in episode two. You're right. I mean, the whole talk about that, they laid the groundwork big time right there for it. And, they, and it's there. It's I mean, it, it was there in Mando. Yeah, I was going to say it's in Mando. It's, just, it's, it's everywhere. It's there. So you've got these seeds of the First Order going to creep in. I don't think it's going to quite happen like you think it is. I think that Thrawn somehow is going to manipulate a large group of people to do something they didn't really want to do, whether it be the fight or not, but I think he's going to manipulate them in a way that's going to give him the power and not so much of they're going to be so weak that he'll be able to overpower them, but that he's found something there. Cause you got to remember he's been over there for a while. Ezra has been over there for a while. What have they found? What have they dug up? What do they have? Then the whole theories of having... What is the relic they have on the... Uh, Well,
1: it's basically the temple that... to The access to the world between worlds. It's like the Lothal, you know, parts of the Mm -hmm. Lothal temple that access that. But I don't know. The beautiful thing is this. It opens up a world of possibilities. What I do hope, whatever way they go, I just want a different central villain. And I don't think Thrawn is... I think Thrawn should be a key character, but goes back to what we talked about. He's the central villain. He's, he should not be the central evil villain that we're not. And I don't think he is either, but, but he's not a pawn either. No, I mean, he's an anti-hero at best, probably. You know what I'm saying? I, I just don't see him as the big baddie. You know what I mean? I, I think he's an interesting antagonist.
0: You know, it just really depends on how they go with it because you've got to remember how they left it off in, in rebels. Yeah. They, he, they were fighting him. He was the big baddie then, you know. So is he still that way or has he changed? Has him and have, have him and Ezra made some type of bond? Because they're the only two people over there well, from this galaxy into that new galaxy. Yes and no, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, it goes back to the the enemy of my enemy is my friend. True. They might both not like these people that are coming after him, so they might have to work together. and they might have gained a mutual respect for each other it's just there's so many theories you can do and if we do this we could be all all night doing it so what i will say is this though
1: what i want let's let's tie it back to a so what i i think when i talked to hollywood because i saw it i think you did too but i was watching it like i don't do this i don't sit there and watch it when it releases i watched it when it released i don't either and Uh, about 20 minutes off yeah i was like Five. You know what I mean? Like got the little one to bed at like eight o'clock. You know, got me a drink. And at eight oh five, I started the show. But like uh kid wasn't in bed. I turned it
0: on, started <laughs> watching it. The wife and the kid sat down started watching it. And they're like, and my wife looked at me, are you gonna sit down? I was like, Ahsoka's on. This is a very important episode. I'm not getting away. I've had my phone down. I usually have my phone up. I had my phone down. It was to the side of me. My eyes were locked on that TV for that entire 50 some odd minutes.
1: That is the first Star Wars I have watched since the original New Hope movie where I felt hopeful and optimistic at the end of it. Now granted, absolutely. Beautiful job by George Lucas by completely flipping it on us and making one of the greatest movies ever with the Empire strikes back and the bad guys were yeah. in the second movie, but exactly. But what I'm saying though is and I think this is where Star Wars like my very, very first podcast was about Ahsoka when she appeared in, in Mando, when Hollywood had me on on Smooth Ramblings. And he, his, I think his beginning topic was something like, you know, the, the things that you don't talk about with people is like religion, politics, and Star Wars. Because it, it has such a, no matter how you get into it, the universe is so huge with Star Wars. So like, however it ties you into it, but I think it's an interesting combination of characters. I think it's, I don't think Lucas is a great storyteller. Straight up. I don't think George Lucas was a great storyteller. What I think he was.
0: I agree with you on that.
1: I think what he was incredible at was a world build. And then John Williams music ties into that and, and just causes such emotions. Now, to Lucas's point, he's not a great storyteller, but he is great at certain set pieces. You know, and just letting the music and letting the visuals and letting the story tell itself physically sometimes more than any dialogue. You know, like Luke looking out on Tatooine with two, two, you know, sons as they're setting with that music hitting a certain way, et cetera, et cetera.
0: So. Lucas got lucky. He did get lucky (laughs) because he's not a storyteller. He is a world builder. First and foremost. If John Williams would not have agreed to score it, we would not have Star Wars like it is today. John Williams is the influence to the story, in my opinion, with how amazing his music was to those scenes. And they were able to create something to give a foundation. It was people like Filoni people like Favreau now, these yes. are more of the modern. So what's the book writer, the big guy, Timothy,
1: Timothy Zahn, Timothy
0: Don. Yeah. Timothy Don. Those people there, they're the ones that made Star Wars. Well, because they made people get invested further with the details and the depth of the stories. But once again, when you look at, go I mean, ahead, I, oh gosh, I go. I'm sorry. I could go all night. On well, that, I, so was just, I was just,
1: I was just, I just wanted to, I mean, like I said, no, no knocking Lucas. I think he's done an incredible job. I mean, he's, he's created something incredible. I, I, a lot of stuff in life is timing. And I think the timing of it and the combination of all of it was great. Like, uh, I was going to so tie it into a video game real quick, but uh, I'll give you one. Dragon Age Origins, When the, dra- the very first Dragon Age game, uh, for whatever reason, we go through cycles. And so there hadn't been a, and I'm not saying there wasn't good fantasy games around that time. What I'm saying is there wasn't a lot of accessible console fantasy genre RPG yes. games. And so when Bioware released that, the timing of it was perfect. I love that game specifically. But if that game would have came out five years earlier, if that game would have came out five years later, I don't Uh, think it would have hit the way it hit. So Star Wars just, it it filled a void that people did not realize they needed at that particular time. And, I mean, it it has grown to 40 years almost, or longer than that, you know. uh,
0: 77 is when it started. Yeah, 77. No, 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 no. Yeah, 77, 77 80, and 83 80, 83.
1: Yeah. I remember that. And then like weirdly enough, it's like 99 2002, 2005 for 4, 5 and mm-hmm. 6. So it was always weirdly 3 years in between and each seven, one of them. Seven, eight, nine were one or what, year for year. What for movies? Year. What 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 movies? 7 did
0: you just... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The um stuff that uh Favre and Filoni are solely retconning. Yes, about, those things. Well, like
1: there, there's no Godfather 3. There's Godfather 1 and 2. <laughs> and there's no yes. Rockies. There's no Rockies after Rocky 4. Like like Rocky, oh, no, Rocky, I, I, Rocky defeated the Russian. I, I, the end. That's it.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm I, at, at times I'm almost like there's no Rocky after three. Like sometimes four. Like there's times when it's I watch cheesy. four, and I'm like, oh man, that's so great. And then it's like, why did I like this so much? I mean, other than the fact that he got revenge on um Drago for killing Creed in the
1: ring, yeah. Everything else in between is just poo. Well, it's poo until the thing is you got to remember we were eight, we we're eighties children and nineties children. So, oh, I, I know, mean, I know it's the we whole eighties. We, will, thing, we so. will, we will watch a crappy movie for a, an hour and 45 minutes. As long as you give us an incredible four and a half minute training montage with perfect Kenny Loggins or eighties rock music in the background. So I mean, just exactly. Just yes. Own it.
0: <laughs> oh yes. Yes. You dude, You're making me tear up a little bit there on that one. That's, that's so true. All right, guys. Um, I'm gonna stick her fork in her right yes, now because I think we're done. if I don't, me and uh swing can definitely go for another hour and fifty minutes. But luckily there was, you know, the one thing where he did have to walk away. So we'll cut a few minutes out there, but that's not a big deal. Um any
1: parting thoughts there? If you haven't watched the show yet and you are a Star Wars fan, if if you like Mandalorian If you liked Andor, I I think you should give Ahsoka a shot if you have not uh, seen it. And then I'm loving what they've done so far. Once again, I've said this is my favorite character because she is so fleshed out. Because you get to see her character growth, and then this last episode was the perfect, you know, the completion of that. So I've had a great time. I've loved having a good time with you here, Claire, going back and forth with the stuff. And thank you so much for having me on again.
0: Oh yeah, no, anytime, man. Like I said, when it comes to the Clone Wars and the Rebels, I gotta rely on you because that's where I'm the foggy. Uh, I'm foggy. I, I remember bits and pieces just because I've read about it, but I didn't watch it. And you watched it, and I think you've watched it what fifty thousand times now?
1: Not fifty thousand times, but I would definitely say at least two or three times. That's a lot of episodes I, too. I was supposed
0: to say I think you've pushed it three times. Yeah, but I think the the way that you, you know you've talked about it, I can just tell by the you know. The way you lay things out, you've watched it at least two times, most likely three. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited about the next three episodes. Um, We're probably I probably think that we should do. We're going to do our next podcast after seven. Oh, after not not wait till eight. We're going to do six and seven together and then we'll do eight because I think six and seven are going to be a lot like three and four were.
1: And I think where you, they
0: basically ran together, they were still two great episodes. Don't ever get me wrong on that. Don't think that I was saying it's just one episode, yeah. but the way that it runs, it literally runs together. Like,
1: well, you know, one whole episode, one thing I think you were trying to get to earlier. and I might be, might be incorrectly assuming here, but like, you know, most shows are made episodic, like mm-hmm. 22, 35, whatever minutes, like it's a beginning, a middle yeah. and end. It might tell an overarching story. It might tie into it, but like, The Star Wars ones, from my feeling, I take that back. Mandalorian feels episodic. This feels like one long movie, and they're just figuring Mm. out this is the end of Act 2. Stop. Like, you you got a decent amount, but, like, we're just picking right back up. It's just a commercial break. Yes.
0: Yes, that's exactly the way Ahsoka feels. Mandalorian is very much contained stories. This isn't, this is a flow because you're getting the story of Ahsoka and her growth and her progress and overcoming some of her internal fears of herself. Some of her things that she's closed off because she just didn't want it to happen again, like it did with Anakin. So it's definitely more of that. And I think that the episode six and seven is going to be that. Okay, now we're in this new place. And here's our big problem. Stop. Because you're going to have that kind of episode. Like, I think that, that episode three and episode six are going to marry each other. Okay. The episode of just kind of trying to get there.
1: I see what you're saying. You yeah. know,
0: Th- they're going to probably already be there because, I mean, the last shot that you get is you see the whales butts light up and zoom in a hyperspeed. I think that's so cool because the difference is, is the whales. They shoot off like normal hyperspeed. As opposed to the way that the big ring did. Notice the whales just go. Whoop, 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 gone into darkness. Yeah. The big ring. Looks like a comet flying off. I think the whales are more efficient at it. You
1: think they'll get there before? That's why
0: they. Yes. I think I kind of have this feeling that they might get there before.
1: It's just one of those
0: sneaky premonitions just because of the way they shot off.
1: The one other thing I'll add to maybe add to that is. Usually when you see hyperspace, what color is it? It's like white. It's bluish more. I would say it's more oh, blue bl- tint than white. That was almost as pure white when you look out the west yeah. mouth as Ahsoka is. So I'm wondering, going back to what you're saying, are they more efficient? Are they faster? And is it a different type? Now we've seen them go through hyperspace laneways before, but. I just,
0: but the, when they were going through it, look how smooth they were going. They were through it. going they were through like, smooth. It seemed like they, they were, were like just this. chilling. They
1: were just just taking their time. They were. Like they weren't even trying. That's the
0: thing. When you see it in Mando, when Grogu sees it, it's like they're just chilling, like a regular swim. Like, and you hear them going, "Ooh, ooh you know the, that yep. whale sounds," and and they're just chilling. Whereas that little ship is like doing all it can to stay they at stay. that point. Yeah, every ship, even. I mean, I'm sorry, but even even the Millennium Falcon is just doing its best to stay in that point because if it
1: comes out just even a little bit, it'll rip apart. Whales are just, whoosh. I'm laughing because as soon as you said this weird, weird thought process, but all I could think of was Crush and Finding Nebo as they're doing the Australian current. And he's just like, hey, dude, you know, that's the whales. They're just, they're that's just- the whales.
0: It is. Now, Filoni is pulling from Finding Nemo. <laughs> well he had to have a disney connect well no nemo's yeah nemo's disney yeah it is that he had to have a, he had to have a disney disney connection there you go and so the whale the whales are nemo so now this is how we all bring it back guys we're closing on this this is how to prove star wars is disney they copied uh finding nemo
1: <laughs> oh that's
0: awesome so all right so for everybody here at h&k remember if you like what you hear tonight or today or in the afternoon, or at midnight, or whenever you're listening to us, please listen to us, because I hope you, I think you'll enjoy it. Remember, check us out. You can find all of our episodes and links to all of our social media and to all of our podcast outlets that we're on, which are on pretty much anything you can listen to at hnkexp.com. Once again, that's hnkexp.com. Check us out. Give us a listen. Give us likes. Give us follows. Anything like that. Check us out on our social medias. We do giveaways all the time. Probably gonna have some coming up soon because I think I got some new stuff in my fun bag. So check that out, guys. Thanks, Swing and Thunder, for being here again tonight, going through this Ahsoka with us. Give us two weeks. We'll throw down another one after episode seven, and then we'll give you a nice big wrap up one for episode eight and just a uh, final thoughts on Ahsoka on that point. So once again, thanks everybody, Hollywood. I hope they didn't torture you too bad in the dark, deep dark hole so take care everybody have a great
1: night have a good one guys see See you later. later